The Thinklet B team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique-style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Thinklet B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. Okay. Well, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> uh, it's bright and early. We're feeling better. A little bit. A little bit. We're getting there. We're on the mend. Um, it's a bad, bad cold going around. So we're we're back to it though because you got uh, your cough drops. I got my cough drop. Your hot you, tea. Yep, I got my throat coat tea. <laughs> um, that stuff actually works pretty well though. Mm. It just soothes it soothes the throat. But I will try not to uh, sip it right into the microphone. That's yeah, thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, we are here. Uh, is that called misophonia? What does that mean? Isn't that that's like when. Like the the sound of chewing or drinking and stuff makes people's skin crawl wow. and stuff. That's that's what that's called. We'll, we'll fact check that, but <laughs> no, that's what it's called. Misophonia. <laughs> um, well, we're here because we're always. Uh, w- well, what we're going to talk about today is actually pretty pretty right on with this whole thing because we're going to talk about consistency. Okay. And here we are making sure that we have our podcast recorded so that every week. Except for last week. Well, sometimes we do a repeat episode. We're we're not perfect, but we're but we, we at least do something. We're consistent, right? We're consistent with this, and Pistachio is consistent in his consistently barking, barking nonstop <laughs> for twenty four hours a day. <laughs> if he's awake, he's barking. Yeah, it's a real professional show over here. Um, but anyways, this is our podcast, seeking the best. And uh, if you're a first time listener, this is the podcast where we try to seek out the best in ourselves and overcome our personal hurdles as real estate professionals. I'm Catherine Stelges. Our co-host Kayla Boundy is out today, and uh, Patrick Fatika over here is our sound engineer, producer extraordinaire. Hello. And uh, we're back. Yeah, we're we are nothing but consistent with this because this is. Well, a couple things like we started this podcast to like talk, be able to talk through things and talk about what we can do better and improve upon because that's what we're always trying to do in our business and and in our I was going to say in our personal lives, but I guess that's true. Sure, sure. And um, and so I was just thinking about this word because I was talking with my coach the other day about like maybe that should be the the theme of 2023 is just to really get consistent with things. And I was like, you know what? I think I said that at the beginning of 2022. Mm-hmm. And here, here, this is the thing. Every year I do improve in what I do as a business owner and as a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten some things that are super consistent that I do um, that I'm going to share and why I do them and and how they help me by 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 being consistent with them. Sound good? Okay. Tie down. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to kind of walk walk through the week basically. So one of the things that we do consistently every week without fail is our Monday five by five. So Monday mornings at nine a.m. the whole team gets together. Even if somebody is like not able to be physically present, right? Like like this week I was sick. Mm-hmm. I was still on the Zoom five by five. Logged into Zoom and did my five by five. So what is that? We talked about it before and we didn't come up with it, but it's five 
calls, five uh, social media touches. Right. Just, just 30 minutes, real week. quick, get productive, right first thing Monday morning. And we started out first with like what's a positive or a win from the weekend as well. Like we do on the show. <clears throat> yeah. Small win. And we do that consistently every single Monday. And I think that that's just the reason that we started to do it was because we didn't as a team have that like, like some people meet every single morning for a stand up or something like that. And look, as a business owner, you get to choose how to run your schedule. Um, so if you have a team and you don't want to do a stand up every morning, you don't, but you need some sort of get together at least once a week. And Mondays made sense because it's like you're coming back from the weekend. We might be exhausted if we were out showing homes or doing open houses and things like that. And it's just a, it's it's a, good, re- it's a good reset. <clears throat> so doing it at the beginning of the week yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And it gets you gets you into action yeah. immediately. I mean, first it could thing. all make sense. It's like doing it on Wednesday could make sense. Like halfway through the week and you need that little extra push. You know, we you it's just a, it depends on the kind of person you are. Yeah. What, you whatever know. you need or whatever your team needs. Um, or you could do it every single morning. Mm-hmm. Like my first 30 minutes, I'm going to make five calls five social media contacts. It doesn't matter. It's about the consistency of it. Doing it every single week means that no matter what, at least Monday mornings for 30 minutes, we're all lead genning. Right. <laughs> if nothing else happens all week, <laughs> at least we all together collectively did that 30 Before minutes. Before the S hits the F. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, so that's that's the first thing that we do. And I, I don't remember when we started that, like maybe a couple years ago. It's been ago. a few years, yeah. And um, I heard the the five by five. I heard somebody talk about that at one of these conferences. And I liked the idea of just this quick 30 minute burst all together as a team, like just real quick, get into action and then decided again for me and for us, I thought Mondays made the most sense to mm-hmm. kick to kickstart the week. And it was five by five by five. And we change it to five by five because Buffy. <laughs> because of Buffy, the vampire slayer, <laughs> in case you. <laughs> and if you don't know what that is, then you'll just have to figure it out. Figure it out. Five by five. Um, five by five B. Uh, anyways, so that's the, that's kickstarts the week. Then the next thing that is consistent is every day at 6 p.m. There's a Slack notification that goes out to remind everyone to submit their their daily sum up report. So submitting your numbers. And then it's also a checkout, like kind of checkout personally, like what... Um, you know, what do you feel good about from the day? How did the day go? That kind of thing. It's just like to keep a pulse on how people are feeling. Mm-hmm. And, we, and I mean, I, a few episodes ago, just talking about um, keeping track. We were talking about tracking everything mm-hmm. and stuff. And by doing that daily sum up every day, it kind of forces you to say, what did I do today? Rather than and then you go to sleep and then all of a sudden a week's gone by and it's like what did I do all week yeah by forcing you by forcing yourself and and uh agents and admins everybody to do that then you can really kind of reflect on the day did I do what I needed to do what and if I didn't why yeah all of those things so and and admins um have a checkout form too, which they just complete as they're leaving the office. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the agents get a Slack notification at six. Right. Cause they could be anywhere. Right. And it's just, it's a, it's also a reminder of like, Hey, it's time to like sort of wrap up the day. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Otherwise you could be sitting there work, you know, looking for houses for 
clients on MLS until nine o'clock at night while you're kind of watching TV and then you're working 15 hour days, right? And yeah. Like, and you still do, might do that sometimes, but sometimes, <laughs> but you want to be, if you're aware of it, well, here's, but by getting, by getting the message, Hey, it's time to start winding down. Well, here's the thing. The more consistently you use that reminder, even if it's not a daily sum up checkout form, just if you have a, a reminder on your phone at like six or six thirty, like, Hey, time to stop winding down the day. That consistent reminder will make you start to live that schedule. Sure. You will try to finish before that time frame because you know that that's coming. It it builds in a, a structure. Especially if you don't, if you live alone or, you know, and you're, if you're just kind of like Catherine's got me to say, all right, it's time to put the phone down. Those messages can wait till tomorrow. Right. And, and stuff. But if you, if I wasn't here. Oh, yeah. If if you weren't here. The, if I wasn't here to say, hey, <laughs> knock it off, you just keep working. Here's the reality. If you weren't here, I wouldn't eat anything. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true, too. But I guess <laughs> my point is, is that for the for agents out there that are single and just, you know, working on their career and maybe have a roommate that they're not really friends with and just kind of do. I could see like really just being working until you're ready to go to bed. And yeah. and it's like that's a quick that's a real easy way to burn your burn out. Yeah, and you and to not be doing the things you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing them because you feel like you're working all the time, you know. And and so by having some sort of reminder, whether it's a person or something in Slack or just a phone message saying, "Hey, start winding down." Yeah, and that's actually an accountability tool. So again, if you don't like Pat saying, like if you don't have somebody to be accountable to for your schedule and and maintaining that balance set a reminder on your phone and and use that and it again it's not a perfect thing it's about a consistent consistent reminder and after of doing it for a few months you'll your your mind will automatically go there yeah after a while right yeah just don't delete the reminder because you're like, oh, I've got to keep working. I'm right. tired of seeing this. <laughs> uh, so yeah, because we're going for this is a it's not a like a diet. It's a lifestyle change. Right. Right. So just leave that on forever. Yeah. That reminder. Yeah. So and then the next the next thing is on Tuesdays, we do our meetings every Tuesday. I've probably missed I missed this week because I was sick. And I was really pretty rough, and so I didn't even zoom in for it. But other than that, I know it's day. We're it's we're days and days away from that, and you're still like I can hear it in your. Yeah, I mean, I'm sucking on a (laughs) cough drop or Mm -hmm. sore throat drop, whatever it is, and uh, so, but consistently every week those meetings happen, and usually even if if I'm going to be out of town or something, I'll I'll schedule them for a different day so that they still happen. But that's rare. I mean, it's pretty much every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Team meeting at 1 p.m. Sales meeting one-on-ones right after. Yeah, I mean, something crazy has to happen for that. To, but it, And even if it does get canceled, it gets moved and, to and, a different time. It's not like, oh, we're just not going to do it this week. That doesn't really happen very often. Yeah, and that consistency. So I think what having a team sort of forces you to put some things into place. Yeah. Because so, it well, because you're responsible for other people. Yeah. So you put these things into place like we need to have a meeting. Why does why does every team have a meeting? Because you need to check in with everybody. 
And you need to make sure everybody's on the same page and working towards the same goals. And you can only do that if you get together. It's like random messages here and there are are not the same as sitting in the same room together and talking about things. Sure. So we do that consistently every week. And there's an agenda that's also consistent. Mm-hmm. We are going to start with small wins. We're going to talk about uh, or small wins or, or values like where does somebody show up with the think low be value. Um, we're going to talk about new listings. We're going to talk about the market and what's going on and how to you know talk to people about that and any events we have upcoming and things like that. And, it, and then we have our book club and it's consistent every week, the same topics. And then we have our one-on-ones and the one-on-one conversations are always right after the, the team meetings. And it gives us an opportunity to talk to people about one-on-one goals. And those conversations are usually the same exact format too. You know, what was your goal for last week? Did you accomplish it? If not, why? What's going on? How are you feeling? And you're 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 keeping in touch with everybody and what's going on so that you can oversee and guide this ship. Well, it also makes it easier for the people because they know what to expect. So they know what to bring. Yeah. Mentally and physically what to bring. Right. We're gonna go over the four one one every know. week. Right. So they know what questions are gonna be asked of them, what they are going to have to bring to the table mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and they're not surprised with, oh, I didn't know we were going to do that. Or, oh, no, I didn't. I wasn't sure what was. That, that all goes away, right? Because it's the same every single time. Yeah. So it makes it, it just streamlines all of it. And, well, I'm going to get to this because I'm kind of going through the week in order of the consistent things that uh. I do. But it, when I get to Thursday, I have my coach call. So I check in on my goals too with with somebody. So this is the same thing for agents or or administrative people. Whatever those goals are, um, we need to make sure that those are all aligned with the overall organization goals. And if they're not being accomplished, like that needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. And and that consistency of checking in on that every single week means you're more likely to actually accomplish the things you set out to accomplish. So then Wednesdays come along. <laughs> well, Tuesday at 6 p.m. Get that reminder again for the daily sum up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Wednesdays come along and 1 p.m. We do an operations meeting, me and Kayla, um, because we're going to talk about and, and in the operations meeting, again, agenda is the same. And we set out the agenda. I said, I want the agenda to reflect the MREA models. Right. I want to know about the economic model. How many appointments did we set? How many did we take? How many are pending? I want to know about the budget model. We're going to go over the budget, review the income coming in and review what expenses are out of whack for the the month and if they're still on track for the year to date. Um, I want to know about leads, where are leads coming from, what leads are closing. That's the lead gen model. Right. And, and then because you have it, it's consistent. Kayla knows exactly what she needs to do. Yeah. To what she needs, what answers she needs to have. Yeah, and then the organization model. So, um, if you're a single agent, you know, maybe you don't have. Um, again, you're not going to necessarily have a person to go sit down with to do an operations meeting, but on your schedule somewhere should be a time to review those models. Mm-hmm. And during the op- the organization part of your conversation with yourself, um, you might think about who do I need and when do I need them by? Like if I'm going to hire somebody this year, that's where your time to figure out like how are you going to do that? But you have to have that on your schedule and be consistent with those meetings or what will happen is you're, you'll work for five years, 
running around and you'll never move towards that goal that you have in your head because you're not consistently thinking about it and working towards it. Right. Um, <clears throat> one moment while I sip some tea. <laughs> Should we take a quick break? We can take a break. Sure. Okay. Of course. All right. Let's take a break. We're back. All right. Excuse us while we cough. <laughs> um, okay. So then Thursday comes along and Thursdays I have consistently every Thursday at the same time my coach call and so that's my time to look at my goals and discuss my like am I on track for what I'm working towards or what struggles am I having and those 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 big important questions Mm -hmm. that's my time to do that consistently every week if I didn't do that if if I didn't sit down and, and even if you don't have a coach like if I didn't sit down though and at least look at my 411 myself and check in on those things I wouldn't accomplish the stuff. There's, there's, you know, there's studies that show that people who write down their goals are like 90 something percent more likely to hit them. It's true. It's 100% true. Yeah. Having all of that stuff kind of laid out. I mean, that's the, that we're just a quick sidebar. We're under contract on our fourth investment property, Mm -hmm. but it's three units. So we're counting it. We're counting it. (laughs) We're counting it as three. Um, but the only reason that that is happening yeah. is because we, have we consistently write down like this is what I want to happen before this time next year or whatever. We have we have we have it laid out of what exactly what we want to do. And then we just keep looking at that calendar and know we have to do that. And, and you know what's so funny is it, it must be consistent. Right. Because I told same time every I told year. my brother on the phone the other day that, hey, we're, you know, we're under contract or we're, we were maybe writing the offer at that time that I was talking to him. And and he goes, oh, it is that time of year. Yeah, it's always <laughs> we always want to close before the end of the year and look where we are. We're in November. Right. So, yeah, it's, almost. It, it, or I guess. It, yeah, it will be when this. Yeah. When it, clo- <laughs> when it closes, it will be. Oh, yeah. When this episode mm-hmm. airs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But um, so write down your goals, check in on them every week, set aside a specific time to do that. It doesn't have to be super long. My coach calls 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, that's that's the bulk of those consistent things that every week are going to happen without fail for the business. One thing we didn't talk about is, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about one of the most important things is on Saturday morning. What do I do? Well, we haven't even gotten to the rest of the week yet. Well, I went to Thursday. Oh, but now we're going to Saturday. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't. I'll get right, back uh, to you. Have you have your your plan? Okay. <laughs> All right. So Saturday morning. What? Saturday morning. What happens? You sit on the back porch with my black notebook. Mm-hmm. My black notebook is the bold planner. And you say I'm going to calculate. <laughs> I'm going to calculate and plan my week. <clears throat> so I get my bold planner. And I look at my schedule and I look at the bold planner and I write out my week and I write out the goals for the week. And then I look at budgets and numbers and I make sure that we have money (laughs) and that we can pay all our bills. And I do that consistently every weekend. Yeah, without morning, without fail. And here's the part about this that I think is important is it's not I'm not perfect do I keep that schedule that I make for myself no that would be the ultimate consistency yeah yeah and but I consistently plan for it which is a step above just waking up on Monday morning and what do I do now and letting clients 
tell me your life. what I need to do. Waiting for the email to come through that says, can I see this house? And then that dictates where my day goes. Day goes. Right. Um, so that is the most important part, I think, that I've incorporated is that constant planning on the weekends. It's also my favorite time because I'm just a planner and I like do, to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> and, if you, and you know no one's going to call Saturday morning. It's nice and quiet. Well, even if they do, I know that it's okay to not be like on right. like people shouldn't expect you to be like immediately calling them back at 8 30 a.m or nine o'clock because it's like one of the first things i do and i do it at that time specifically so i don't get interrupted right so it gets done yeah so it happens you know, everybody knows as the day goes on yeah which know. is actually part of the if you think about all the things that i just mentioned like they're all they're strategically placed in the day because of things like that like why do I do it on Saturday morning as soon as we're done with our coffee? Because I know that nothing's going to interrupt me. Why do we do Monday five by five specifically because it's to kickstart the week and it's first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. So you're unlikely to get. Everyone can be there. Yeah. Everybody should be there. It's Monday morning. We should be working. Right. Why do we have our team meetings around lunchtime? Because we're supposed to be lead Jenny in the morning Mm -hmm. appointments in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. It's the one time where we have open and it's also one of those times where if you don't answer the phone people kind of mm-hmm. expect that because it's lunchtime. yeah and as far as the agents go having it consistent like that it's like you better not schedule anything during our appointment you guys can show properties every single day your schedule is open to do it do not schedule your showings during our one-on-one time during our team meeting time I actually, I think that that's, that's a good example of when you have a team, like you're helping them build structure. Yeah. Um, when it is really hard as a single agent is really hard to find that structure unless you're just a super self-disciplined person, which listen, I've talked to a lot of people over my career and I do not think that, um, most people have discipline. (laughs) So this is an opportunity to create specific things in their day to to show them that it can be worked around. You can make time for the most important conversations just by putting it in your calendar. And it just gives them that right from the beginning, that, that roadmap for success, which is like what we always say, like if it's not in your calendar, it doesn't exist. And so it's it's a really good time blocking example to show them here, we're going to have these team meetings every single week and I guarantee that you can make them and your clients will understand and, and it won't mess with anything in your day and it, it will be consistent. And so it's it's a good it's a good structural tool and I think everybody needs some structure, well, even it, people who don't oversight. want it. it. It's the oversight of it. Like it's real easy to just let let things slide this time and before you know it, it's all the time and you don't even realize you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I did that um, for a while. Like I was always really consistent with um, like the the five by five and the team meetings and the one-on-ones really consistent. The ops meeting, we definitely have allowed ourselves to move more often than we should. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just because um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to. What's the, my Come excuse up with for an that? Excuse? What's yeah. my excuse for that? Well, I I think it's because you you think at the moment 
well, this is something that can be moved. Mm -hmm. We can do this later in the week. But then what happens is later in the week comes and goes. Yeah. And then it's the next week. That's what we just said. So my my best, you know, advice is to just say, like, whatever you like, decide when you're going to be having these check in things and put it in the calendar. Decide for a good reason why they're at specific times. Again, the ops meeting being at one o'clock is because it's right around lunchtime. I wanted to make sure I had enough appointment time slots Mm -hmm. that I wasn't taking up time where I could be meeting with clients for meetings. Right. But at the same time, it has to happen or I'm not going to be clear on my, is my business moving in the direction I want it to. So those are some consistency things that we do. One thing that we didn't talk about, which is probably the second most important (laughs) besides the Saturday planning one, is the lead gen time block. Yeah, that we've is, talked about that so many times. We have. That's why I didn't bring it up. Right. But just as a reminder, <clears throat> if you do that consistently every day, that's a business changer. And yeah. I'll get back to you when I finally figure out how to do that consistently. <laughs> what do you think about that? Pat, think Pat that, has some that, opinions. That grinds my gears. <laughs> that grinds your gears. Why? Well, tell me about it. Well, you know, you know, I uh, th- that it is the most important thing. It's like without the lead, ge- that's the engine. That's the engine. It's like, oh, I got to make sure that this carburetor stays clean and I got to change the oil. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's all true. Those are all important things to do. There's no doubt about that. But if you don't have an engine in the car, <laughs> then who really cares if you if you check the oil and, and, cha- and, and clean the carburetor? It's like the engine is the lead gen. If you don't do that, then everything else is you're going to limp over the finish line. And, and, and that, that's going to be it. You know what I mean? It's like it is the most important thing. It is the... I say all the time, real estate agents aren't selling anything outside of themselves. So the most important thing you have is time and time management. And the that time management is all about lead generation. So you have to covet your time so that you can do the lead generation, which is the engine of your business. Well, and again, that's why everything else is built around not being in that nine to 12 time block. Yeah. Like those other meetings, except for the five by five, because that is, you should just, I mean, I, if it was me, I would have my calendar, my, on my Apple calendar. And I would have that lead gen repeating every single week on my, on my calendar in red, impossible to change and to block and to, and to change it. And you have to get in the habit of when you're setting appointments to not just say, oh, Tuesday or Thursday. Yeah, I, th- I, c- I can do Tuesday and then opening up your calendar and then putting it in. You have to be. I think I've gotten. You're well, because your calendar is full. Well, so you don't have a choice. I, I have gotten really specific about uh, in that planning time, mm-hmm. putting in the times that I'm available for appointments. Mm-hmm. And yes, then you've that's got, it. You've come to a point in your career where you have actual appointment time in the calendar set, but most people don't do that. Most people are just waiting for the phone to ring. Somebody called, they said, hey, can we go do this on this time? And you go, yeah, sure. With absolutely no coveting of your own schedule oh, whatsoever. I forgot, I forgot one of the other things that are time blocked for. Script practice. Oh, script practice. Yeah. yeah. So I, I have team script practice Tuesdays mm-hmm. and Friday mornings mm-hmm. before 9 a.m., and then uh, script practice for listings Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Right. And and it's again, it's it's there. It's consistent, 
And by doing that one activity, mm-hmm. you are better at your um, your job, right? Of converting business. Like right. I think the other things are all like those are those are pieces and tools for the business to have a structure to have, to have a focus to make sure everybody's working towards the big picture goals. The script practice is what makes you better at your actual job of talking yep. to people right real being being in sales yeah does yeah being a salesperson um so the, yeah forgot that part um but yeah the legion definitely and and here's the thing it's it's really easy to get distracted during time blocks and we talked about time management and time blocks so that's the thing when i say i'm just talking about my with my coach about consistency two things one is being consistent with everything Right. Not just those things we talked about earlier, but that the Legion time block happens every time. Um, but also, I think what really is going to help is one of the things I'm I'm working on is understanding. So first, let me just say, let me just backtrack. I hate like business buzzwords. <laughs> like synergy? Yeah, I was going to say synergy from 30 Rock. What is, is that the word from 30 I Rock? I think so. Um, yeah, synergy where they try to bring the product, like product placement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't like business buzzwords, but key performance indicators, like right. that's a that's a big one. Yeah. KPIs. But I think it's really crucial to How understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you need How? to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they... it, you need to know what those are for every role and for yourself. So <sighs> if you're if you're an individual <sighs> agent, what indicators define your success like what does it mean for you to be successful you need to know what those things are and then those have to be consistently looked at so when we talk about goals it's like well that could be anything and Mm. so I could go in and I could say my goal is to make a hundred (laughs) thousand dollars right and my goal is to make a hundred thousand dollars what are the things Mm. that if you do then you know you're on track for that or your success Yeah. yeah And we've talked about breaking all those, all that down and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, but knowing that for other roles, like it's really easy to identify for sales. I think yeah. it's harder for other things. True. So like if you're if you're a transaction coordinator, mm-hmm. for example, right? Like yeah, like how do you define success in a role like that, or how do you define success as a marketing assistant or a listing manager right. or a showing agent? Um, how do you define success in those roles? Making it, making sure you're really clear on those. As a, as a as a team leader and and owner, or as the person doing for the both for both. coordination, yeah. yeah, for both of you. I mean, it helps. I think everybody wants to know what, like, how do I succeed in this role? How am, how do I know that I'm doing a good job? Like, people want to know that. Yeah. So you have to be as if you have a team, or again, if it's just yourself, you still want to know, like, are you succeeding in those areas of your business? So knowing what those performance indicators are for those different roles is something I'm working on because that's where I want to be really consistent in 2023 is when we're having our meetings is to know that we're all we're all being successful, not just the sales people where it's super easy to identify if you are or not hitting your yeah. numbers. Yeah. But that we all know like, hey, we did a we did really awesome this easy month to, because we achieved these right. things. And it's easier because those are all interconnected, we can look at what the team goals are and then say, oh, we're hit, the team is hitting its goals. But when you start to break down marketing assistant, 
What does that mean when the marketing assistant, what does that mean? What goals are that do they need to be hitting in order to get to, uh, to, to be successful in their job? That's a lot different because the team goals are usually big project ideas and numbers. Super easy to kind of see what's happening. But, you know, um, second admin like well what what is there what is what does success look like in the, that role and if you don't have that figured out then it's going to be real hard for them to know what they should be striving for consistently consistently like what do i do every day that yeah. makes me successful in this role yeah. so i i think it's been a um it's been a work in progress over sure. the years figuring out for myself and and then as i add team members figuring it out for them so that it, we all can it work also together. Makes it also makes it very clear from your perspective of what that job is, mm-hmm. what needs to happen, because you have to think about it in success. What does success look like? And that that helps create what the job actually entails yeah. rather than them just showing up and go, um, I don't know, I guess I want you to do this this week. Yeah, that goes away. And stuff because you've already figured out what the job is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my theme for 2023 is consistency in all things. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. You want to take a quick break? Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. The Think Live B team is an Orlando based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Think Live B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. What's next? What's next? We'll do a, a few questions from, from the web okay. today. That sounds okay. fun. Questions from the web. <laughs> I'm representing first-time home buyers on an FHA loan. Appraisal came in fifteen thousand low. Seller is upside down as he bought the house last year. We negotiated through this. And at the last minute, the listing agent says the seller is good and will close as long as you reduce your, as we both re, uh, reduce our commissions by 0.5%. So he doesn't have to bring cash to close. Why does the listing agent assume I need to be responsible for the seller being upside down? How would you respond? Okay. Let me break that down for a moment. Okay. I, I think a lot of times... If I hear that, it sounds like you're blaming the listing agent for asking you. And I understand. I don't like it when people come to me and ask me to reduce my commission either. And I have been put in the position where I've had to do the same. And I hate it because we're working really hard and we've earned our commission and it shouldn't be part of the conversation. Sometimes it is. So what I would ask is, it sounds like they already had negotiated to reduce the price and just close. Was that in writing? Because it sounds like if it was in writing, then I would just, you know, politely decline and say, you know, I understand the seller's in, in a tough spot. 
we already agreed to reduce the price and you know that's that we're ready to close and there's really not much else that can be done about it if it's not in writing then you have to make a business decision because basically once they've presented you with that idea even though you may feel that it's wrong and we can all agree that it stinks I still think you have to really think about it from a business perspective and say, what's half a percent versus starting over with these people who might also be disappointed that you wouldn't work with them to help them get this house because now they've invested money in inspections and appraisal Mm -hmm. and everything's set to close. And the one thing that's going to hold it back is the listing agents already agreed to do it, right? The one thing that's going to hold everything back is you not being willing to budge a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, except I can, you don't know, and we don't know the situation. Yeah, you. I mean, you have to look at at your own business and make what's right. Like, who are these? Who are your buyers? Right? Who? How? How many houses have you shown these people? How much time has been spent with them? Uh, how, where are? Where do they sit in your sphere? Um, is this? Is a, this already a reduced commission property? Um, where you've already taken a reduction before you've even walked through. Like you have to look at all of those different variables and stuff. And if it seems like it's not going to work, then you could, you know, it's like I've seen you say, well, you're welcome to to the other agent. You're welcome to take uh, and, the full 1% out of your commission. And and I, my, my other thing was going to be you are also able to just say no. Mm-hmm. And this is all like, again, I I know be part. It shouldn't. So if you're on the other side of this, look, this this, it's been put in MLS. How much how much the other agent was going to get paid on this? That that is has nothing to do with the sale of this home. This is and and what you're doing by asking another agent to reduce their commission after the fact is, hey, I know don't treat your business like a business. Let's treat it like a charity. For no reason at all, because you're so you Can need I, that check so bad that you're going to screw over somebody else. I hate that crap. But you're assuming that like you don't know enough about the other side. So let me just back up again. You can just say no. And we have an episode entirely about negotiation, maybe more than one. But one particular that I know we talked about where you have to know what the alternatives are. Mm-hmm. So how close are you to closing? Do you think that the seller will not perform if they don't, if you don't agree to this? Mm-hmm. Or if they already indicated that they were able to close, then maybe just politely declining, you'd still end up closing. Right. And you could try that method, by the way, because at least in our state, um, the seller doesn't really have a way to back out back out of the contract. Now, they can say, if, if again, if this uh, appraisal agreement isn't in writing... You know, they could say no um, completely. So you just have to know your alternatives and what is the position of the other parties, right? Like how badly do the buyers want it? Like Pat said, all of those things. And then what's the seller side? Like were they willing and able to a day ago? And now they're like, well, how about we all chip in? Mm-hmm. Well, then maybe it's okay to just say, well, I understand and I'm not able to do that. Right. And as my one of my previous coaches said like to me... Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's okay to just say no yeah like that is that no, is an answer the, yeah the word no is an answer you don't have to get into why and defend it no and that's it that's 
you're giving as soon as you start to get into the explanation. In fact, we do have an episode way, way back in the archives about saying no. Yes. And just saying no. And that's it. But I have been put in positions where buyers have demanded this kind of thing Mm -hmm. from the seller. And I had to make a choice in that moment that this is going to be embarrassing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to do it. But I'm going to do it because I've been working with buyers for a while. This is the only house they like. (laughs) And I could keep showing them houses and we could keep going down this path or I could make a business decision to help them get into this house and be done with it. Is it worth... Am I... If if I don't do this, if I don't just eat it, let's say it's about two grand, right? How much of my time, knowing how much my time is worth per hour, am I going to spend with these buyers showing them more properties, putting them, finding the house that they want, the discussions under contract, the inspections, all of that. I add up that time. Is that more than $2,000? Because if it is, you got to, you got to go, for, you got to do it. You well, got to get them the off more, your plate, right? Um, there's another quote, that clarity is power. The more clear you are on your dollar per hour, mm-hmm. the easier it is to make these decisions. Yeah. And so, because I've been doing this a long time, my dollar per hour is pretty high. Mm-hmm. So I can pretty quickly assess and say, hmm, that's probably worth it Yeah, <laughs> for me to just be done, depending on the situation, mm-hmm. right? Um, I had a, a, a situation recently where I had a, a buyer's under contract. This didn't have anything to do with commission, by the way. But I had a situation where we were trying to get an extension on the closing at no fault of the buyers. There was... A, freaking hurricane that came through and um of god (laughs) and the seller just didn't want to extend and it was really like it was a it was a contentious conversation um about extending and why did i bring this up um you just i think it's sometimes like it can get emotional and you're like why doesn't this person understand that there was literally a hurricane Mm -hmm. Which means that we have to get a reinspect. Like it, it leads to all of these other things that, like the the lenders have guidelines that they cannot budge on. It's like those, well, because it's it's a really selfish sort of infantile kind of outlook. So it's it's the the guy who uh, does his thirty minute or less pizza order and then has the stopwatch and is standing there waiting. Right. Because he wants it. He it's 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 looking for that that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that guy. He's like, no, we're supposed to close on this date. Like that's the it, like, no, absolutely no. Uh, that's what it was. But that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And stuff. And it's like, how do you have a conversation with somebody like that? I don't well, so in that instance, again, it's not about commission, but um, it, it was a difficult conversation. And I the other agent made a proposal and had requested that the buyer make an additional escrow deposit. And in that moment, I could have easily said, well, I don't see why they would need to do that considering there's a hurricane that came through and it's not their fault that they can't close. And I could have gotten really defensive and emotional. Thinking you're defending your... I'm defending my buyers. Instead, I said, okay, let me talk to them and see what they think. Then I talked to them and I explained, listen, you guys really want this house? And... It's at the end of the day, it's it's kind of an OK compromise. Like it's just going to come back to you at closing. We're already we already have a loan. You're going to close, right? 
Yeah, I'm you pretty w- sure you're we, gonna buy the house, right? So I'm pretty sure we had it cleared to close. We were just waiting on like the re-inspection. So there was no reason not to just agree to that, even though that was like maybe a little bit of a hassle for them and all those things. And I could have gotten defensive in that moment, but instead I took a step back because it's hard sometimes in these conversations <laughs> to not just react. Mm, yeah, I took a step back and I said to myself, in my head, I said, "That sounds pretty reasonable." I, I think it's silly, not necessary, and probably we could continue to fight this because this is an act of God and there is a stipulation in the contract for it, and what good would that do? Right. At the end of the day. I'm going to go talk to the buyers and see what they think because ultimately it's their decision. So here in this in this conversation, this is your decision because it is not part of the purchase sale contract. It's your decision to make. You just have to weigh all the variables and take that emotional thing of like, why does the listing agent think this, blah, blah, blah. Take that out of it, run some numbers, mm-hmm. and come to a conclusion. Yeah, exactly the same with you have pay, using part of your commission for a seller because a seller messed up and you're representing the buyer. Yeah. You don't get your emotion out of it, right? Look at the numbers and see if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't also, make sense, also, you know, here's tell them the- that off. Here's it does a, make sense. Well, then don't do tell, it. don't tell anyone. Well, you to know do what that. I mean. Well, you just say no. But uh, one more thing to consider is um, FHA appraisals stick with the property, right? So go look at the other recent sales in the area, and if they're all FHA, well, then mm, again, what's their alternative, right? right? They're likely to have to go back on the market and find a new buyer. But guess what? All of the closings are FHA buyers, which means they're going to run into the same exact exactly issue. The same thing. So the likelihood that they're now they can readjust the commission, though, in MLS at that point if they want to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it goes there's lots of different and things to like, think about. Like but I said before, you, you know, it's like you can say no or you could say I'm not able to do that, but you're welcome to take the full one percent out of your commission to back to the seller listing agent and put it on them. Let yeah. them come up with the What are they get? then? You know what I mean? It's like. That's what I would do. I'd put it back on them. Yeah. Well, lots of different things to do. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't know about that. No, you could do that. I Listen, people have said that to me because you're. if you haven't already been in that position, you will be at some point. Mm-hmm. And some woman said that to me once. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to be smarter than you. <laughs> and I'm going to go put this in writing so that you have to present it. Right. Well, that, that's, <laughs> I mean, that is a way to do it. Yeah. Anyways. All right, let's do uh, one more question. Okay. I have several listings that are not moving, and instead of the sellers reducing the price, they want to use the activity and number of saves on Zillow as a gauge to how much activity their listing is receiving. I remind them that the only activity that counts is the number of showing requests and the amount of actual people that tour the home. Is there a better way to get through to them? How do I tell my seller clients not to use Zillow as a gauge to determine how popular their listing is? Well, hmm, okay. I, that's an interesting one because I do think it is an indicator of how popular their listing is, but it's not necessarily an indicator with actual home buyers in the market today. People go on Zillow, there's a whole Saturday Night Live sketch about it. Uh-huh. People go on Zillow as something to do, and it doesn't mean that, like, all those people aren't home buyers at some right. point. They're just not necessarily today. We're we're looking not we're not serious yet. 
we're we're not, but we're looking at houses in part of North Carolina for the future. For yeah, and we're at- looking at a different a couple different things. We're looking at investments. We're looking at something we could we could uh, live in over the the summer months where it's too hot here, and we're looking at like oh let's pick up and move, right? Three totally different price points that I say well, no we're, we don't use Zillow we're using Keller, uh, Williams. Keller Williams app so we're saving all kinds of stuff here and there we are not in the market yeah for any of those things but I guarantee we will buy a house will in North Carolina but at some for, point <laughs> but, but but those people that are on the other end seeing that somebody saved their property. It being us, we are not interested in buying your property. But one of the things you can do, like, obviously, if this is your first listing, this doesn't help you. But if you just just keep track of these things, like, I can pretty much tell by the activity on Zillow how many showings we'll get. Right. Yeah. You can use it as an indicator for something else. So what, what it is is, like, let's say there's, and I'm just using a very random example we have a listing there's maybe like 70 saves Mm. we've only had four showings right in this in this market you know we're in like a cooler market it's only been on the market a few days um so when when we're showing them the stats like we're letting them know like we're getting exposure and traffic but the people who actually come to the house, those are the serious buyers. Those are the ones who looked at the location, they looked at the photos, and they said, I want to go see that in person. Matches my budget, et cetera. All of the saves on Zillow are people who, there's people who are like like us, like maybe we'll buy something in Orlando in two years or three right. years. There are people who are serious but can't yet buy. Mm-hmm. Like remember that willing, able, ready? Mm-hmm. They're like all different variations of that. Yeah, well, I mean, what happens like when the day you know we're rolling around thanksgiving and you open up your ipad and you're looking for christmas presents for family and stuff and you just go to different west elm and put a bunch of stuff in a cart or whatever it's like does that mean that you're gonna buy the you like you didn't buy those things you're not a buyer you're just somebody who was sort of interested in something and you moved that's not real interest but like, what would i until say until i pull out the card Right. And it's like, which would be setting an appointment. It's like, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Well, one thing you could easily look up and I don't, uh, my head is too much of a fog to tell you this off the top of my head, but all you have to do is go look at the number of sales that happened so far this year and then go look at Zillow, what Zillow says, how many people come to their website every day or every month. Divide it. And, and just sharing that information. Now, I would go back and say it's about expectation setting, right? You want to let people know, I'm going to get as many eyes on your listing as possible. Mm-hmm. Only the serious, though, will actually see it. Yeah. I mean, you, what you said, expectation, set expectations. Whether I had buyers or sellers, I would be sitting them down at the very on day one and say, you guys look, how do you guys look at homes? And they're going to all say Zillow. And you go, well, you know, they call it a Zestimate, mm-hmm. Right. Because it's as much of an estimate as a McNugget is chicken, right? So, so it's like they they don't call it an estimate; they call it a zestimate because it's not real. I think, and none of this stuff is real on here. This is all 
computer algorithms that are just kind of in the infancy of algorithms. So do not pay attention to any of this. If you want, if you like the way that the website is laid out and the user interface is to be able to shift through things and save things, that's great. The numbers, that's my job. Do not look at those numbers. That's all. You have that conversation with them right at the beginning, very specifically, tell them how the magic trick is done, and then move on with your day. Well, yes to all of that. And I mean, that's a conversation you have during the initial consultation with Mm -hmm. either a buyer or a seller, making sure that they know what to expect. But I still share the stats. I want them to see that like, hey, guess what? I would say 100% of the time, our listings get more views than other comparable listings. Mm-hmm. That's a stat I want to share. Mm-hmm. But I also want them to understand that that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get all those people through the door. In fact, you're not. Right. But we're going to get as many people as possible because I guarantee that if somebody's in the market for a house like this at this price, they're going to see it. Right. And they're going to know they're going to see it and they're going to want to see it in person if they're serious, mm-hmm. if they're willing, able, ready. But there's not that many of those when you really whittle it down. And I think those stats that I was talking about are the best way to illustrate that is like, yeah, I do too. again, I'm, I'm making up numbers, look it up, Google it. <laughs> but like Zillow, you know, did you know that Zillow, uh, I probably shouldn't even say it because <laughs> somebody will go quote it. Right. <laughs> look up the Zillow numbers of visitors to their website compared to the number of actual home Can sales. Can you break that down to like area or is it just national I don't know. International. Where am I a Zillow expert? I don't know. But I mean it wouldn't take it wouldn't take long to figure to figure out those numbers and then you divide them together and you go so I know. used to though, um, when talking with sellers and now this is the stats change, but it used to be there there there's a page on Zillow hold on, let me back up for a second. When you're talking with sellers, I think the word has gotten around at this point that a Zestimate isn't that great of an estimate. Yeah. So you most of the time, job. yeah, we've, we've, you guys have, yeah, most right. of the time people understand that. But I used to um, go to, there was a page on Zillow that showed you the variance of like um, their estimate compared to what actual value was or some, and that's not exactly the right way to put it, but it was 30% off in Orlando, mm-hmm. the Orlando metro market. Their estimate was 30, uh, 30% variance. Think about how big that number is. That's a that's huge, insane. that's a huge. You could get 10 year olds to guess closer n- numbers than that. Yeah. No, I think it's closer now. I haven't looked in a while because again, people have started to just know that. But that was my, when when I was having those conversations with sellers. Mm-hmm. You presented facts. I, I would open that page. And right. if, they, if they were really set on that assessment, I would open that page and I'd be like, I just want to share this with you. What does this say, you know? And and let's look at actual comparable sales and let's come up with a strategic price to get your home sold so that you're not, you know, sitting here waiting for people having to reduce your price and chase the market, blah, blah, blah. So just look for facts. Yeah. Facts. Small win. Cat, you got a small win this week? My small win is that we're going on a nice vacation. Mm-hmm. That's and, my small win, too. Oh, well, you can't take that one. Well, I thought your small win, you had, I, I I was going to use that as my small win because you had a couple small wins yesterday. Oh, well, small win yesterday. 
was that I um I thought I had a nail in my tire. Right. You did have a nail in your tire. Okay, I did have a nail in my we tire. Ran, it was we're going on vacation. We're getting all ready to go, and, and there's a nail sticking out of the driver's uh, tire. Yeah, and so I was freaking out because, you know, I just finally was feeling better, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to have to figure out how to find time for this now, and I took it into a place. Um, well, first we called into a place. This is just an example of how life is. We called into a place and they said, sure, come in and it'll just be a couple hours. I drive over there. I get there and the guy's like, oh, I don't think I can do this for you today. And I'm like, we called you. And he's like, well, that was a while ago. I'm like, oh, suddenly you're that busy? Like, I highly doubt it. But anyway, so then I drove to another place and the, the guy sprayed some foam over it to see if it was leaking air. And it wasn't. And I was like, well, but I'm driving to... North Carolina like I don't want to drive and risk it and so he pulled it out with the pliers and it wasn't actually piercing the tire it was just stuck between the tread so that was a small win yeah <laughs> that's that my, is, that, that is my small win yeah that is a small win I know that's what I mean and then my small win is now we get to pack up that car and get the hell out of Dodge for a week because it, we need it after being sick and just this All house stuff. and and the we the amount of of just projects and everything else I just need some quiet few, space. Yeah, I just need to just relax in the mountains for three or four days and just decompress. So Let's do it. I'm looking forward to it. Hey guys, remember to rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps new listeners to find us. Send your questions from the web to onseekingthebest at gmail.com. All infos in the show notes, including how to send us a voicemail. And for Kat, Kayla, and myself, thanks for listening, and we'll figure this all out next week. Bye. Adios. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> This has been a Think Live Be production.